Welcome to Hope for the Holidays, Part 5. I've titled this Forgiveness, the Gift You Give Yourself. Friend, today I am going to talk to you about the best gift that you can give yourself besides receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but it's forgiveness. And talk about why it's a gift that you give yourself and the benefits of that, as well as share my healing testimony of what happened as a result of me forgiving and releasing and my journey with the Lord in all of that. So that is what we're going to talk about today. You know, obviously there are many books written on this topic of forgiveness. So I am just going to pack a little punch in here today for you, but I really want to equip you also in the process of how do you forgive and what does that look like and what does that mean? How does trust come in there? And does that mean that, you know, you've let the person off the hook and, you know, all of those things. That's the juicy stuff that I want to talk to you about today because I want to help you get set free to move forward and receive all that God has for you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. All right, let's get into this hot topic. You know, this is something that is near and dear to me because my life radically changed as a result of forgiving. And it's one of the most difficult things that you can do, but it's the most freeing. So I'm going to unpack that for you. So uh, forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. It involves a decision. It's a choice that you make from your heart to release, to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge, of judgment, and really bitterness that gets attached to that. Um, it allows you to move forward in life and not be stuck. And someone that was stuck for many years in the toxic pattern of um, bitterness and anger and resentment and really a victim mindset was where I was at for many, many years. And I'll discuss why that is here in a minute. Um, but you know, when, when we choose to forgive, I want to make this really important that it doesn't mean that the situation didn't occur or that you're excusing someone's behavior or the harm that was done to you or even that you're to make up with that person who caused the harm. I'm not saying that. But it's a decision to uh, let go and free yourself from a prison that you actually put yourself in when you choose not to forgive someone. The word forgive, when Jesus talks about in, um, in the scripture about forgive, the word means to send forth. And so when you forgive someone, you are not retaining that in your heart, and it actually gets embodied into you. You're releasing that. See, we're a spirit, soul, and a body. 
And when we get born again, we get a brand new spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us. That's where the fruit of the spirit is. And your spirit is always 100% in agreement with the word of God and wants to do God's will. It wants to forgive and it wants to love and have patience and all of that fruit. But we have a soul, which is our mind, our will and imagination or and emotions and involves our imagination. And our soul is what needs to get reprogrammed like a computer. It needs to get reprogrammed to come into an agreement with our spirit with God's word, with God's truth. And so then we can live wholehearted because our heart is comprised of our spirit and our soul. And then our body is just our flesh, our our, our earth suit, what we live in and in our five senses, what we see, taste, touch, hear, and smell, you know, how we relate to the external, um, our physical world. But we need to have spiritual eyes. So the first thing is forgiveness is a choice, and we have to make it of our free will. So our soul has to choose to forgive. And let me just tell you, your flesh, which is your unrenewed uh, mind, will, and emotions, along with your physical senses, your flesh wants to war against your spirit. Your flesh wants to right every wrong and doesn't want to release them, wants punishment for them. But your spirit is agreeing with God's spirit that just as Jesus forgave us, so we are called to forgive others. And that's where that double-mindedness comes in. In James, it says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and cannot expect to receive anything from God. So we don't want to be double-minded where we're going back and forth, like we forgive and then we take it back and we forgive and we take it back. Am I talking to anyone? Because that's how I used to live a lot. But When you can understand, you know, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says the natural mind cannot understand the things of the spirit. And God's word is spirit and life in John 6.63. So we have to see with our spiritual eyes. And when we choose to forgive, I want to transition you in to see with the eyes of your understanding, to see with your spiritual eyes. And that is the number one reason why we can forgive is God so loved me that he gave me Jesus and he forgave me through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and in Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, that I have been forgiven from all sin, past, present, future sin. So when I don't forgive someone, I'm actually elevating myself above God. And that's called pride, my friend. And I lived there for a long time. But no more. (laughs) It's a constant process. But when I understand that how much I have been forgiven, then I have to forgive other people. And that is not an easy, easy process, but it is a process. And we need to break free so we can thrive. And so whether you've been hurt by words from other people, from criticism, or like me, you had traumatic experiences when you were little, 
being, you know, whether it was physically, emotionally, sexually abused by someone close to you, you know, those words and those wounds have lasting feelings of anger and bitterness. And what happens is you can actually embody those and that's what happened to me. You know, when I was six, um, I had spent some time at my um, my neighbor's house. Uh, she was my age, and we used to play together. And her brother did some inappropriate things with me, uh, you know, sexually just molesting me. And what do you do as a six-year-old? You know, how do you handle that? And it starts to form a picture of who you are and your value. And then this would get repeated as I would go to other friends' houses and um, their siblings would do different things like that to me. So I formed a wrong picture of who I was on the inside. And that got stuck in my body. Uh, our, our organs actually have cellular memory, but I don't want to get into all the, the science of that. But I just want to say that these things that happen to us, especially when our formidable years as children, they um, we get stuck way back in the past, and those traumatic things have to get broken off of us. And so that's where we have to look to Jesus. And so going back to why do we forgive, we forgive because God forgave us. You know, Ephesians 4 31 and 32 says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And we can read those words and we can go, "Uh uh-huh, yep, check, I did that. But we have to do this on a heart level, and it has to be from, again, the eyes of our understanding, our spiritual eyes, recognizing that if God forgave me, I have to forgive them. And I remember, so my last podcast, I was talking about how 16 years ago, my husband and I had separated and he filed for divorce. And I really had to go through this process and forgive him as well as forgive myself. And I found myself when I was in counseling sessions that I could forgive other people easier than I could forgive myself. I was holding myself to a higher standard. Again, it's pride. And I had to realize that I can't know anything against myself. You know, Paul says that we're not to know anyone according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that included myself. I couldn't know myself after my past mistakes and my past choices of the sin. You know, we want to classify sin, but sin is simply missing the mark. That's what Bible sin means. And I had missed the mark so many times, and I just had to release myself and receive that forgiveness for myself. And what really helped me was when Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And we can, again, look at natural eyes and say, well, of course they knew. They knew they were killing Jesus. But spiritually, yeah, no, they didn't. Because it says that they would have, they would have never crucified Jesus. And so, again, we have to go back to, Father, I release this person. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 
And again, it's a choice and it's a process. And you have to see with the spiritual eyes of your heart in order to sustain you. Again, it's not just a one-time decision that you make to release people because, you know, it's easier to release someone that was in your past that no longer is in your life, right? Like I can, my neighbor that did these things to me, I forgave him a long time ago, but he's not in my life anymore. So it's, it's not, you know, not a challenge. But the challenges are with the people that you deal with day to day in your life, like my husband. You know, I have to forgive him continually. And it's not that he's doing these horrible things to me. It's just, again, it's the flesh. It's all these little things. Or if I find I have expectations I've set up or, you know, little communications like last week, like, so I just had my birthday um, and I had to really check my heart and make sure that I didn't have expectations. My husband is not a gift giver. That is not his love language. His love language is acts of service. So he does things for me, like he cleaned out our garage, and he'll do those things for me. And if I put an expectation on, well, where's my big birthday gift, and where's all this and that, and I'm setting myself up for failure, for anger, for bitterness to take root. And so I just have to be really mindful of not having those expectations. Again, I talked about a podcast um, about living with expectancy, which is hope, not expectation, which puts a demand on people in situations. And so it's a constant forgiving of myself, too. You know, I blow it with my kids. My boys are back from college uh, for Christmas break. And, you know, they've been living on their own for the last few months for the first time. And, you know, parenting is now at a different level with them. <laughs> there's There's been a lot of life experiences they've had in the last few months being away with college than they did, you know, before they went away. So how do I deal with all of all of that? And again, it comes back to the cross. Offenses are going to come. I can't be surprised by them or overtaken by them, but I have to be intentional about releasing those expense or those offenses to the Lord. And again, to forgive means to send forth, to send those away from me. I'm not going to embody those in my heart and in my body. And you know, God's kingdom is very opposite of the world system. But anyway, that's another another topic. But, you know, Jesus is my example. Um, when my eyes were open to understand really what happened on the cross, that great exchange that took place, that he who knew no sin was made sin so that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that he embodied my sin so that I could have the gift of righteousness, everything that he has, he gives to me in that union of choosing to believe him. And so when I extend how much or understand how much I've been forgiven, I can then extend that to the others. And a key phrase that I that uh, one of my mentors says is that I have to value the cross and what was done for me through Jesus more than I value the hurt or the pain from other people. And that is a big one right there. Where are you placing your value? It also says, he who's been forgiven much loves much. 
And so love has to be your motive. You know, to release them to God is 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 key because we need to um, not be our defender. You know, Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And again, it goes back to Jesus has to be our example. Freely receive, freely give. And that is really important, that love is our motive of why we do this, that God first loved us, and so we love him. And in order to reconcile, we have to forgive. And that was a big part with me, with the, you know, the miracle in my marriage was I had to release my husband of all these expectations, of all wrongs that had happened, all the, you know, we had, both of us had uh, infidelity in different ways. And, you know, we just had a lot of mess when you, you know, you, you have a lot of baggage going into marriage. And if you don't know how to deal with your heart and how to release and get your heart set free, you're going to put that baggage onto other people and expect them to make you happy or um, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get off on marriage, but some some key things here that Jesus is our example, but I just want to, I want to talk about something that's really important. There are benefits to forgiveness. There are spiritual, emotional, relational, and physical benefits and, you know, spiritual, we can talk about, you know, obviously that we have to live by the spirit and not by the flesh. Emotionally, uh, it is going to set you free. You know, I had imprisoned myself by not forgiving people, by being offended, by letting a root of bitterness take place. And I had a lot of malice and anger. And we won't go into all of that, but it affected everything I did in my relationships, but mainly it affected my physical body. I had a lot of sickness throughout all of my years, and a lot of it was resulting in unforgiveness. And let me just give you my healing testimony. So in 2007, my husband and I had reconciled and we actually had uh, renewed our wedding vows. Well, actually, this was before we renewed our wedding vows. So this was um, August of 2007. I had gone into the healing rooms of Grand, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I was from at the time, and I went in for my thyroid to get prayed for over my thyroid because I developed underactive thyroid disease, hypothyroidism, as a result of giving birth to my twin boys. And just was, you know, tired and um, all the effects of, of underactive thyroid and just wanted prayer for healing for that. And you fill out this form and people go and pray over your sheet and they don't even know you. And when there were um, two of them there that came and prayed with me and they said, Lori, as we prayed for you uh, over your sheet and information, the word that we keep getting is God wants you to let him love you, that you're trying to earn his love but you need to know God's unconditional love for you. 
that he doesn't see you in your sin. He sees you in your spirit. He sees you in Christ. He doesn't see you in the flesh like you relate to yourself. Will you let God love you to wholeness? And so they started ministering to me about the love of God for me and that I'm the apple of his eye and I'm his princess and that he is the king of kings and I'm his daughter and all of these things that just got my heart in a position of love. And then they said that we needed to exchange what, how I saw myself, the sin. I always saw myself in all condemning myself with my mistakes and, you know, the sins, big and little and everything in between. But God doesn't see you in your sin. He sees you in Christ. It says he doesn't remember your sin as the east is from the west. God cannot remember your sin. And as they started ministering to me, I started seeing the cross and they took me through this visualization where I saw all of my sins being put on Jesus on the cross and in exchange receiving his forgiveness and receiving his love. And then they had me pray and release every single person that I could think of that I needed to forgive, anyone that I had had any type of emotional, um, physical, relational, sexual relationship with, I had to forgive those people and name them. And as I named them out loud, I just started myself feeling um, freer. Now I was bawling the whole time because, you know, you feel like you're giving up something that you want to hold on to, but it was actually this heavy weight that was just weighing me down. And then they just prayed over me, and they did not know I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, which meant I never had menstrual cycles. Maybe one or twice a year I would have, but um, that never even came up, never even thought about it. But after they prayed for me, I just felt so light and free. And then I noticed the next month, I started having a menstrual cycle, like a normal menstrual period. Sorry, guys, if any of you are listening. And then the next month, and then the next month, and then the next month. I was healed of polycystic ovarian syndrome, and we never even brought that up. That was the physical manifestation of all the bitterness and anger and unforgiveness I had been carrying all of those years since I was six years old. I got set free and I got healed physically, emotionally, as a result of forgiving people. And I can say, I still, I'm now 54 years old, I'm still having a regular <laughs> menstrual cycle every single month. So it is a miracle from God that we never even prayed for, but it was resultant of, again, we're spirit, soul, body. And God is the healer. He is the redeemer. He's the reconciler. He gave us that ministry of reconciliation. And it's independent of anyone else's response. Forgiveness is a choice that I make. So that is my healing testimony and I hope that blesses you and gives you encouragement of just the importance of forgiveness. But I want to talk about a couple quick things here that are very important because I've had some people ask me these questions and I feel it's very important we talk about 
One, forgiveness does not equal trust. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself, but trust is earned. Trust takes time, and there has to be fruit of that to be evident for trust, right? Someone just can't say, you just got to trust me. You got to trust me. Um, I'm going to do the right thing. No, there's got to be evidence. You've got to know someone's character. And then there's fruit. You know, Jesus said, you judge a tree by its fruit. Apples don't come from orange trees. So you test that fruit. So this is very important. You know, when my husband and I were reconciling, um, we didn't trust each other, especially emotionally. There's no way we trusted each other. It took time and it took a process of sharing our hearts. And again, love had to be our motive of that um, reconciliation process. But trust takes time to develop, whether it's, you know, a friendship or um, relationally, it doesn't matter. Trust takes time. So that's very important. Second thing, boundaries have to be established. And People ask me, Lori, is it okay if, you know, if I've forgiven someone, does that mean that I can continue to have them, you know, in my life? And I'm going to say it depends. It depends on the relationship. Um, It depends on who they are and if they have to be in your life again. So that's, uh, that's a big subject in and of itself, but I just want to say boundaries have to be Establish. You have to get to the point where you say, I value myself too much to allow you to treat me this way. You've got to ask yourself, is it safe to be around that person emotionally, physically? Um, you know, is that a safe environment? And again, that's a again, we could talk so much about this this topic, but due to time, I'm just gonna cover a few things here. Seek wise counsel. That is something that is crucial. And I am an advocate of a professional counselor. Um, no offense to pastors, but they're not trained in it. They, I've seen a lot of pastors abuse this word forgiveness. And I've counseled a lot of women that were in abusive relationships because pastors said, just forgive each other. And they did not know and weren't equipped to handle the brevity of the abuse that was taking place, um, especially spiritual abuse. There's a lot of that. You know, they just slap scriptures on and say, women, you need to obey your husband because he's your husband. But yet they're getting beat up and they're getting emotionally and physically abused. Okay, I don't want to get off on that. Um, but I'm going to tell you, seek wise counsel, whether that's a professional counsel, depending on your situation, or just getting, you know, uh, someone older than you that's wise and, and has walked through some things, your best friend, you know, seek that out. Um, be real, just be aware of religion, meaning it's going to shame you into, you know, suck it up buttercup and just deal with it. Uh, that is not the love of God. Religion wants to have the rules and the formulas. If you do this, then this is going to be your result. Um, no, that's that's not how it works. So just be aware of if you're being um, taken advantage of in the name of the Lord, which I've seen too many times happen in churches. Okay, um, another question is, 
uh, someone said that, you know, I get offended easily and I just can't, you know, I just can't seem to forgive. And, or here's one, you just don't know what they've done or continue to do to me. Um, no, but Jesus does. It says there's no temptation that's not common to man that he hasn't endured. Jesus knows, and he's our high priest, and he is the bishop of our soul. He is our good shepherd. So you've got to go to him and allow his cross to be greater than your pain or your loss. Um, I had a victim mindset for a long time, which was really self-pity. You know the song, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> that was kind of a song I sang for myself a long time, but you know, it's it's really just deception. The problem with deception is you don't know you're deceived, and you don't know what you don't know, and you become bitter. And the Bible warns us a lot about letting that seed of, of bitterness take root, and um, we've got to remove the you know the plank out of our eye before we can remove the speck out of someone else's. But um, unforgiveness blinds you, bitterness blinds you, and you get deceived. So I will say you can forgive. It's a choice, but you need to be equipped to forgive with what the Word says. So get in the Scriptures and reading about, especially in Ephesians, in Colossians, getting in those and just allowing, you know, there's the principle of you put off and put on. You put off the old man, the old ways, um, and you put on the new. I look at it as your your mind is a computer system. And when we get born again, our mind is still like the old DOS operating system. It doesn't work. And it has to be converted over to, let's just say, the new Windows system, okay? We have to have a current operating system that agrees with God's Word. We have to reprogram the way we think to line up with God's thoughts, because that is spirit and it's life, and it will give us life in abundance, and it will not make sense to your natural mind, to the world's way that wants to get even and get revenge. You know, the Bible says that vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. He will repay. And that was the scripture that I really had to rely on, knowing that he is my defender. He is my defense. I do not have to right the wrong, that he will do it. And so I want to give you something that really helped me, and it's a prayer that um, I prayed out, and it's powerful, and I want to equip you with that. Um, you know, someone had asked me too, Lord, how do I know if I have forgiven them because I keep having these negative thoughts and feelings and memories like a movie that keeps playing scenes over and over and over in my head. Again, forgiveness is a choice, but it's a process. And anytime someone's name, like if someone... How you know if you still are in that process is if that person's name or a situation comes up and you really don't have any emotional attachment to it anymore, then you're on that other healing side of the forgiveness. But if they come up, then you're still in the process. And then you just say, thank you, Lord, I have chosen to forgive them and I release them. So I'm going to give you a prayer that... Um, you can pray to first initially forgive someone 
You know, Dr. Martin Luther King, I love this um, quote. He said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. And that is where we walk in the newness of life and going back to Ephesians and Colossians and just really getting in those scriptures uh, to really saturate your heart in the love of God to be able to release other people. So here's a prayer that I prayed out several times to people, and I will pray this for you, and you can use this as a model so you can replay this to just help you with releasing these people. And as I pray this, have someone's name in mind. I'm just going to use for this for this purpose, I'll use my husband, Fred. Uh, it's just easy for me to um, to do this. And But I want you to have that person that you want to forgive. Again, it, it takes time. You, you've got to be in the Word, focusing your eyes on Jesus, freely receive, and then freely give. So you offer that forgiveness to other people. So here's the prayer. Father God, I choose of my free will to forgive Fred. I release him of any debt he owes me or to right any wrong that was done to me. I pray mercy upon him. And Lord, I want him to encounter your unconditional love for himself. Open his eyes to see your goodness and love, for it's the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. I speak your blessing over him to turn his heart towards you, Lord. And so I thank you all for your glory in Jesus' name. Again, there's no formula. That's just, you know, Basically, you're releasing that person of any debt. You're canceling that debt that they owe you, and you're releasing them to the Lord, and you pray mercy, because we're to extend mercy. As we receive mercy, we're to extend mercy. We've received, and for, we've received forgiveness. We extend forgiveness. And we want them to encounter the love of God, because, again, it's the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. And then also, too, you can also just say, uh, you know, after you've already released them and then that offense wants to come back or the old feelings or so forth, you can just say, Father, I thank you for the gift of forgiveness through Jesus' finished work on the cross. Just as I am forgiven of all past, present, future sin, I forgive Fred of all sin committed against me. I release him to you and pray he will encounter your love in a life-changing way, all for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, that is, I could do a, probably a whole series on, on forgiveness. If you want more, just, you know, leave me comments. Let me know uh, if you want me to dig deeper into this, because I can talk more about bitterness and um, how to, to release this and how to really establish your heart in righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, because that is God's kingdom that we live in and not the world system. So I pray this blesses you today, and um, I pray that you have a very Merry Christmas. This is Hope for the Holidays number five. You know, this topic is something that we just need to go through for 
for whatever season we're in. And as we're dealing with loved ones and people during the holidays, it's important that um, we recognize that this is the best gift that we can give ourselves is releasing other people and releasing ourselves. And it's all because of Jesus that he first loved us. And God so loved us that he gave Jesus. And so I pray that this blesses you, my friend. Until next time. Real quick before you go, if this has blessed you in any way, I would love for you to help me out. And here's how you can do that. Go to the Apple Podcasts and write a review for my podcast, Created to Thrive. Your comments make a big difference, and I would love to know how this is helping you make a difference in your life. And then also share it with other people. Anyone that you know that needs to start thriving, I would love for you to share that in all the various ways. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day.